something uh, that's not the game right now uh, because uh, I was record or editing the first episode that Tobias is in and we didn't actually introduce him at all we just kind of went <laughs> <laughs> went straight into it I thought we um, did yes we did and no one was recording when that happened because that's just how it went I made sure that you and John knew each other but none of us were recording at that time <laughs> I'm just gonna want to record. A you should just never acknowledge the fact there's another person in the room. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. I mean that would be very Delta Green. Uh, so joining us today is a special guest, our dear friend Tobias McNabb. Uh, Tobias, say hello. Okay, don't. Hi, don't to. I'm Tobias. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? From here on, I will be played by John. <laughs> I have a bias for toes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought this was a family-friendly podcast. What happened to that? Just yeah, throw that it out the window, be... I guess. Oh. <laughs> okay, Jeremy, you want to try You don't try get again? to complain. <laughs> Tobias, yeah, are you I ready sexual... to be acknowledged for your true self? Oh, I'm, I'm here. I just didn't want to say anything. No, you just wanted to troll me. That's what I do, Jeremy. That's what you do. So yeah, that's uh, Tobias. He'll be joining us as a special guest guest for the next few episodes. Uh, Tobias, uh, do you want to plug anything while you have the mic? I want to plug your piehole up and let's get to playing. Okay. Um, right. How about the don't even? <laughs> you know, you don't, you guys don't get to complain about me you want making off color jokes. <laughs> that's just the cush experience. <laughs> The the Cush experience. Kink hey. discovered. All right. Hey, it's your it's your husband, man. It's your husband, man. <laughs> There's so many pronouns wrong in that sentence. There's only one pronoun Jeremy. in that sentence, Jeremy. There are three. There's two. It is a pronoun. Who's the English also- major on the podcast? <laughs> and who's wrong all- about their English on the podcast? No he didn't one. say it, Jeremy. He said he it, did. which is not a pronoun. Oh my god. It's a contraction. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> is, I think we should continue is, talking about this. <laughs> it is 2020. Check your pronoun privilege. <laughs> did y'all look over the characters? Yes. I did too. Yes. You saw okay. the entirety of what I looked up. That one picture. <laughs> they all look like they're all dorks. I read all their profiles and they're all terrible people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they are. So this hey, is gonna be that... this is gonna be it's always sunny in outer space. 
<laughs> I don't see how you could call it Lieutenant is. Commander Luke Belton a terrible person. Which one was that? Oh, just right, just yeah. a dude, just doing his job. Look, the emphasis dude. on Ava. Ava <laughs> <laughs> is even there. I also like how Major Dirk McMillan and Captain Daniel Hamlet are clearly the same person. <laughs> uh, just just with slightly different poses. <laughs> <laughs> Are they twins, Jeremy? Is that is that no. weird to, to believe? It's just that white people are uh, all they all look the same. No, I yeah. mean, but it is the same person. I know it's the same person. <laughs> the first one, the first picture is like the real picture, and then he was like, "Now do one for fun," and that's the other picture. Why didn't I notice that? <laughs> I mean, granted, I didn't notice until just now. So, like, and I did look at this a few times. Did you really and not notice a, that? It looks like he has a Death Star on his uh, on his suit. Um, so, <sighs> so all right, <laughs> they they are different people. I just did it. I, I had a whoops. Are, when they moment. get into space, sure? they're gonna find out that they have. You know, that they're twins. They're secret clones, but they don't know which one is the clone, so they're both <laughs> scared they're going to die. They're the ones that have descriptions all about fucking, right? Um. <laughs> so Dirk, Dirk, Major Dirk, is all about Dirk. sexy nothing. Yeah, that's Dirk. And the other one Did is, you write yes. these, Jeremy? Or, no, uh, these, these are all pre-gens uh, created for this this scenario. And are the pictures, are they... <laughs> no, they the, the pictures were me spending about 30 minutes searching for astronauts. Photos. It took you thirty minutes to find astronaut photos. Well, I remember mean, they have they have shitty internet. I had to find it and then but... download it and then upload it. Mm. I had take yeah. I had to take it off of one part of the internet and put it on a different part of the internet. You yeah. know you can well, just do that, hon. I'll show you how later. No, not on roll twenty. You can't. Oh, it's you because can't of the it shitty. To a link. Uh, well, anyway. The shitty program! So, does anyone have a particular character that they feel particularly fond of? Um, uh, there's there's an astronaut here called, um, Cindy Sharper. Is that, <laughs> that one available? No, she's... Agent Christ- no, no, no. She is, uh, currently finishing up her PhD in robotic ethics. Right, right, right. When I was looking through these, I kind of liked Daniel Hamlet. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh... I mean, Daniel Hamlet is all of us. <laughs> <laughs> we are all being so are y'all all three just gonna play this one dude and i have to play the other four yeah, this is not delta green it's everyone is john <laughs> uh, let's see did y'all see the notes about what they think of the other characters yes and i think uh, it's hilarious that one of them is super guilty about sleeping with a wife and is pretty sure the other guy doesn't know and the other guy is like i know he did i totally know he did but i can't let that affect oh, my job i actually job. didn't see those i definitely there. won't no, leave him to those? die oh i didn't even see that down, down in you know toward personal, the bottom of the personal their details in there yeah i only i only looked at the first tab on all these mm-hmm. I do like how the language is uh, quite bad in many places. Yeah, uh, it's very bad. Frequent mis- misspellings. I assume this is someone else's fault, right, Jeremy? What are you we'll say it about? is. Dan Hamlet screwed you wife before the divorce. I think that you meant your wife. Um, just, My just wife. Guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> 
I like how you find one typo and that is frequent. Well, uh, well you may tell you the other There's quite a lot of typos. There's quite a lot of typos. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> I didn't want to Did bring you it just up. say that's fine? That's fine. Y'all know what I mean. <laughs> we don't, we don't need so any much clarity in written don't... language. No, I put in so much What work. was your degree un- in? Unappreciated in my Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, Jeremy, what is your degree in? My degree is in... Shutting fuck the fuck off. up. <laughs> you know, I kind of figured this was you writing it, though, because there's like a character that's got like a hard-on. They all have hard-ons for space. And that is a very Jeremy thing to write about. No, that's a very I mean, that's... astronaut thing. That like, Yeah. At, like, like, these, okay. these okay, are Jeremy, people... Whatever. <laughs> these are people who have been they... training their entire lives for this one moment. They've had to, you know, overcome so many different obstacles. And it is 2010. Everyone knows that the space shuttle mission is about to be over. Like, it, it, it has a expiration date. And there's no plan <clears throat> on anything in the future. So, for a lot of these people, they've been training for this their whole life. They've wanted to do this their whole life. This is their last chance chance to make it in the space their last chance to stick their dick in space exactly <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean i see what you're saying but like the descriptions here <laughs> like jeremy using those fan fiction muscles to work <sighs> no fortunately i don't have the digital copy of the scenario book that this came out of so i had to manually type all of those in you could so. have just said i'm sorry I don't have to. I don't apologize. <laughs> then we would have been like, oh, you had to type it? Man, Jeremy, you're really committed. We appreciate you. Yeah. yeah no, you wouldn't But have. then you were like, no, it's fine. It. Uh, that's not even what happened. That's not real. You know, you know who you sounded like then, Jeremy? <laughs> I mean, I want to say my dad, but... Big what's, news. What's the name um, of this adventure? I'll, I'll, I'll play Luke if Belton, if that's fine. It's called... Uh, you can download a copy of it if you go to LemonParty.com. What's it called? Lemon Party. So the adventure is called Lemon Party. Yep. <laughs> Jeremy. I'm not playing in this. Jeremy, no! They're all a bunch of guys that have erections for space. <laughs> you know, I... Why do you think the space shuttle is yeah. shaped like that? I've... Yeah. You've what? Nothing. Okay, so... Uh, Just gonna gloss so, right past that. So you're so gonna play uh, Hamlet, right? I'm gonna play Hamlet. I, I can do Hamlet or or uh, Belton. Uh, I'm fine with either. Uh, let me take a look here. I wanna play Inspector Hua. Uh, <laughs> how old is Inspector Hua? 45? And that's in 2020? So she'd be 35 now? So what she be? She's probably... Uh, just finishing up her PhD as well, and getting a job with the uh, oh God, what she worked for the uh, Department of Energy. That's right. Yeah, I'm just noting that there's no description for her. Well, she was a uh, NPC. Yeah, she that Tabitha wound up taking control of when Jeremy killed Tabitha's character. I, I'm sorry, character when Jeremy no dead at the time. brutally, senselessly murdered my character. You mean yep. when your you character got exposed left all to those radiation kids without and then a died of radiation sickness three weeks after my character was the was only one who died. Yeah. Are you talking about the character who uh, injected multiple people with anesthesia, killing several of them, including almost herself? Listen. What's your problem, Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sure. I'll I'll be Hamlet. So Tobias, who are you gonna be? Uh, I'm thinking with going with uh, Spay. He seems the most normal of all of you guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh God, I slept okay. with your wife. 
Wow. Oh, so you're going to be the mission commander? I guess so. All right. So Tobias is going to be Spey. I'm mm -hmm. going to be Hamlet. Are you going to be whoever we don't choose, Jeremy? Yes. All, everyone here is going on the mission, uh, but the other two will just be NDCs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. So no. what's going on? Uh, well, Tabitha still has to choose who she wants to be. I thought I was being Deidre. You're going to be Deidre? I mean, you okay. told me several you... times that I should, so... I didn't tell you several wow, times. Wow, Jeremy. Was... Wow. Okay, you strongly suggested that I might, then. Multiple I, times. I did. Did it go something like this? <laughs> hey, you're a lady. She's a lady. Put it here for you. No. It was like, oh, this is funny. There's another doctor character in here. I bet you're going to choose her. And I was uh -huh. like, Tabitha yeah. the doctor? I yeah. Mean, I guess. Because <laughs> we all need surgeons on space flights. I mean, I don't I think surgery's been done in space. I could be wrong. Oh, uh, well, if something goes wrong, out. it's always good to have a medic there. That's true. Yeah. It's what cross-training's for, though. Space surgery is a sub-discipline of space medicine, with close associations to other space-related fields pioneered by Dr. Yaroshenko in 1967 with his work on rodents at the Russian Space Agency. Thus far, no surgical procedure has ever been performed on a human during spaceflight. Yet. Ooh, but you see that on a human part? Yeah, they've done mm. surgery on rats and dogs, but not on humans or primates yet. Were they putting the rats inside the dogs? No. Jeremy? Jeremy? Jeremy. Jeremy's Jeremy, got an erection. No. <laughs> Calling it now. Rock hard. Here, let me send you a pic. They did wow, show okay. that surgery could be done safely on rats, provided adequate suction. But not dogs, notably. It doesn't say anything about the dogs. Doesn't say anything about the dogs. I mean, it says that they they experimented on them, but it doesn't say anything about, like, how that turned out. Now I want to know. <laughs> and Tabitha, we have lost Tabitha <laughs> down the Wikipedia rabbit hole. Okay. You um, about weird Russian experiments? I got some links for you. <laughs> okay, so we have Tobias as Lieutenant Colonel Michael Spey. We have Tabitha as Deidre Turner, MD. And we have John as Captain Daniel Hamlet. Okay, uh, Tobias, do you want to read out what your character thinks of the other two characters? No. Why not? Because that's my business. Um, you don't that's tell people business. what you really, you don't tell people what you really think of them. Okay, well fine. Just uh, make sure you've read those things. I have, and that's why I don't want to people. <laughs> so right. Tap is playing Danger Turner, right? Build tension, yeah, right. All right. There are 18 corpses in space. Cool. Wow. And an unknown number of people have had their ashes scattered in low Earth orbit. I'm surprised there's not like a... Uh, space, though. You're surprised what? I'm, I'm surprised there's not like a fraction of a person in space. Uh, there are numerous fractions of people. It just adds up to 18? It just, well, <laughs> 18 entire people have... There are 18 entire corpses in space. Not all of them are in one piece. Yeah, at least that we know about. Well, that we I know don't about, remember yeah. any human corpses inside of one piece. Inside of what? Caught up. Yeah, I'm like 700 it's gotten, episodes behind. It's gotten dark. Are they, uh, yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, in typical Delta Korean fashion, we're now 40 minutes in. Has anything happened? Yeah. I mean, we've picked characters. Okay. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... There are also an unknown number of space animals still orbiting the planet. <laughs> space animals? <laughs> because not all of the early experimental animal rockets uh, made it back to Earth. Yep. 
And since some of those records have since been destroyed, we don't really know how many of those happened. <laughs> yep. Yeah, in the Russian space program, typically they would only announce launches <laughs> after they occurred. Yeah, so if they succeeded. Sometimes they yeah. wouldn't, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so did y'all go over the uh, 2010 event calendar that I made for you guys? Uh, yep. Jeremy, I live. I remember it well. What? I lived 2010. Yeah. But do you remember We're all listening to Lady Gaga. Uh, who, yeah, who could forget the most important event of 2010? Lady Gaga chopping the tarts with Bad Romance. Yeah, well, I mean, she was she was doing music in 2009, too. Um, yeah. I'm sure that will come up, uh, you know, in our game tonight in space. Well, you might choose that to be our launch music. <laughs> Aren't you? No, you're, you're not playing the guy that's horny for space. It's super horny for space. That's. Uh, I think we all are. Isn't that the whole point? Kind of. I mean, but there's yeah. one that's like, oh, but Dirk McMillan is the one that's like super horny uh, for yeah. space. <laughs> yeah. sing a, he is the Dan, horniest. Danny, Dan, Danny Hamlet doesn't know how he got onto this rocket. <laughs> Look at his face. He's so <laughs> like, He's trying to put it in his armpit. So yeah, as far as like the events of what's going on is concerned, there's nothing in this handout. I just thought it might be nice for you guys to remember what 2010 was like, the halcyon years of our youth. Can we, can we go back? Can we go back to 2010? I don't yeah. like 2020. Can we go right? back to the? Can we go back to the uh, horizon? Like, <laughs> the Deepwater Horizon please. of oil drillings. Yeah. <laughs> the good old days of the good old damages days. from offshore drillings. Christ. Uh, okay. <sighs> Uh, so you have all been oh training. Oh my god, for the I forgot about the Greek economic Tabitha. You know, I've also noticed that uh, in my psychological data tab, there's two spaces that says defined by the player. Okay, yeah, so I, I'm glad you brought that up because I did want to touch up on what bonds and motivations were for you, Tobias. So for uh, your bond is your, like, it, it's just relationships that are important to you. Yeah. You all only have one bond, I think, and that's with NASA. Although I think Deidre might have a, mm, uh, yeah. well, uh, I, think I don't have has a bond only, with NASA. Yeah, you were brought in after the fact. Basically, the bonds are the important relationships in your life that you use to ground yourself. And you can use them to kind of help you soak sanity loss. We'll get into that as it goes. Uh, your motivations <laughs> are things that motivate your character. And if you play into them with role-playing style, you can use that to get points of willpower back. Looking at a couple of sheets, I see that the willpower the current willpower didn't change for everyone. So just to make sure that your current willpower and your maximum willpower are the same. Like, I'm looking at uh, Michael Spays right now, and his willpower is 10 instead of 6. Uh, so is it supposed to be the higher value, or the smaller it's value? It's supposed to be the maximum value. Like, everyone okay. should be gotcha. at their maximums in HP, willpower, sand, and okay. their breaking one should be what their okay. breaking point. Uh, cool school. And just a couple of skills to talk about, Tobias, because they aren't like they're just words uh humant and sigint human stands for human intelligence it's uh basically mm -hmm. kind of like a insight check in D, &D. Uh, you can use that to understand what other people are talking about sigint is okay. deciphering electronical electronic Signal. signals okay. uh so that would be like intercepting digital communications or anything like that if you have a question about a particular skill you can just ask me and 
kind of going through it now. Know. So I've got good alertness, good athletics, decent bureaucracy and craft. Uh, firearms, okay. Heavy, what heavy weapons? The better than my firearms, okay. Yeah, we'll need those in space. I'm sure we brought a couple of uh, magnums and rocket launchers <laughs> and yeah. cargo bay. <laughs> Navigate, oh boy, I can read a map for space. Ride, 10%. I'm going to use that when I have sexual intercourse in space. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, as well as an on combat, you have to wrestle. I like how under foreign languages and other skills, I have pilot. Yeah, spacesuit. Yeah, I've got pilot. Apparently, so there's, I, oh, okay, so I've got pilot airplane is seventy, but pilot spacecraft is only fifty. Yes, I Isn't thought I was a heart. <laughs> yes, he's just not great at it. No, a uh, 50 is a really good piloting score. Yeah, but so, so, Jeremy, we roll a D100, right? So I that have a 50% means... chance of piloting. So we're going to like finish this mission <laughs> in the first 10 minutes. I'm going to roll a 1, we're going to crash, and it's going to be, uh, what was it, the Columbia? No, rolling challenger? a 1 would be a good thing. The Challenger okay. and the Discovery were the two Yeah, the Challenger, okay. Yeah. It'll be a real quick mission, guys. Rolling but it wasn't one their fault. Yeah, if so. you're if you're making a roll, you're trying to get less than your score, less than okay. or equal to. And if you get uh, 01, double digits, or as a house rule, 69, it's a critical success. Nice. Nice. Jeremy. Tabitha. <sighs> I like the house rule. Why are you like this? Uh, I like if, that 69. If you roll double yeah. digits above your skill, it's a fumble. And double zeros is a 100, which always fails. Uh, your skills can yeah. only go up to 99. Uh, getting back to Tobias's original question, the motivations oh, that no. say defined by the player, that means that you have more motivations that you can make for your character. If you don't have to make them now, but if you can think of something that you want to do that makes sense as a motivation, you can just go ahead and put it in at that point and say, hey, I'm playing into this motivation, and you can use that to get willpower points back. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of like bonds and stuff in 5th edition. So you are a space shuttle team that has been training together for the past 18 months. What you know about this operation is that you have very little information about it. The uh, schedule and purpose of the satellite repair mission has been pretty opaque. It indicates that it's a secret mission, but even though it's a secret mission, that's not unheard of. It's not all that unusual. You know, someone's got to put all of the secret spy satellites into space, and that doesn't always get televised. So, early one morning, you all receive a call from this guy that you should be able to see in your handouts. Paul Scalzo. Uh, do you see this guy? Paul yep. Scla- Scalzo. I am Paul. Yeah, I think I made guy. him pop up for Chris everyone. Christie. Uh, oh, Christ, look at this. Why are you calling so- him Chris Christie? He looks nothing like Chris <laughs> Same, it's the same thing. You're just Dang. saying because he's a heavy man, he's Chris Christie. No, he's, he looks like it. a sleazy politician. Mm-hmm. He's got a NASA pin, though, so he's a what NASA politician. Oh, I guess that's true. He's a cool guy, though. <laughs> I just have a knee-jerk reaction to seeing politician kind of people now. (laughs) Well, this guy, he has been the administrator that y'all have worked with the most when dealing with the particulars of training in your mission. You know, he's kind of, he's coordinating the efforts to get everything together for that. Mm -hmm. He calls you guys and asks you to meet at 0800 at the Launch Control Center, Conference Room C. He sounds unusually worried on the phone. In the morning, 
they're all being transported to the launch control center on a small bus. Uh, it's going to take a few minutes to get there, so y'all can chat it up if you'd like. So this is the day before the day of the mission? You you don't know yet. Uh, all he said is that he wanted you to meet him in a meeting room at 8 o'clock the it's next just, day. Just Scalzo? Scalzo, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, Mike. Mike. I'm, I'm sorry. Who you? Yeah, you know, I get you. Oh, yeah, I know you. That's right. It's uh, your Hamlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been yeah, listening Hamlet. to this, this yeah. Lady Gaga? <laughs> The who? The lady, the lady, the Gaga. People, these kids are going Gaga for this Lady Gaga. It's a stupid name. <laughs> I agree. I mean, you you were thinking it was a stupid name too, right? I don't. I don't really listen to uh, radio much nowadays. Uh, no, really you're on that Pandora's. That, uh, the what? The Pandora. What? What are you even talking about, Hamlet? That, the internet radio. You on the internet radio? I'm on that internet radio. All the cool kids are on that internet radio. Well, if you're on it and the cool kids are on it, one of you is in the wrong place. Hey, I ain't talking to you, Deidre. What, what, what do you think of what, what? What do you think of this this uh, this uh, Lady Gaga? I've got better things on my time. Like what? Like what? We're we're on a bus. I'm just trying to make conversation here. I'm reading your medical. Ain't gotta history. be intimidating all the time. Well, what is this? What is this Gaga lady? What kind of music does she? Uh, I don't know. Play? I don't know. I don't want to be uh, offensive or nothing, but she like she's talking about like poker and stuff. And my, my, you know, my pastor, you know, I'm offensive. in church all the time. My pastor's like, poker ain't good. So that's all I know about poker. Wink. Hey, I'm like, you're not fooling anybody. Come on. I can play, Shut can't up. I? <laughs> Sit down. Let's just get to the, get to the office here. Hey, you guys are stuck with me for at least like two weeks or however long this mission is. So, Please I mean, don't make me regret this, Hamlet. Please, for the love of God. Regret what? This. You made no choices here. Aren't they put me on this be mission nice because guy? I'm the second best in the world. Or is I he like a to nice imagine guy? that this has been happening every morning for eighteen months. <laughs> <laughs> Out of nowhere, just every every morning, you ask about Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I give her an eight eight out of ten, but I mean, like Paul Simon, he's a nine point five out of ten. What but scale see, like, are we judging on? I, out of ten. Out of ten, what? Yeah, out, out of. Uh, what do you think out of 10 hamlet gonna... points you know <laughs> what, like shakespeare's hamlet that's a one right you're regretting my lack of coffee this morning whereas like dude where's my car that's like a 10 really do you, do you have a significant really? coffee addiction commander just on mornings like this yeah i don't know if they got space coffee we got space coffee hey hey yes, space coffee. we got space coffee i'm looking that up oh. <laughs> And we've lost time. You're going to pull out your iPhone 3G. <laughs> yes, they do. They drink freeze-dried oh. coffee through a straw in a sealed plastic bag. Unlike other foods That's and how I love space, my coffee, coffee made out with of the bag. espresso machine does not have to be consumed from the plastic bag. They have a zero-G coffee cup. Cool. That's cool. It's like a Capri, it's like a Capri Sun, <laughs> but with coffee. It's so weird looking. Daniel Hamlet, he reaches into his uh, his leg, you know, holster thing, and pulls out a little flask, and he's like, but I got my espresso right here, and I start drinking out of it. You are not supposed to bring those to space. I, I'm, I, are we in space right now, Deidre? You should be forming the habits already, Hamlet. Yeah, well, I mean... I was thinking if I if I get this so obviously I'm gonna drink all this coffee before we get to space clearly clearly but I mean I could probably sell this don't you think or at least like get a couple of nights of fun out of like giving somebody a, a space flask right 
Oh, the Zero G Just Coffee Cup was introduced in 2015. It. They would still be drinking their reconstituted instant coffee out of plastic bags at this point. Mm-hmm. Yum. <laughs> is is Deidre reading this off of her non-existent smartphone? Sure. Why not? Well, oh you, wait, you had a 2010 you had a, like, smartphones would have existed. Yeah, you had that yeah. like the iPhone, yeah. iPhone three, I think was out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But does Deidre have one? That's right, of course she does. <laughs> I would think so. You're a doctor. No, you're a doctor, right? You can afford that stuff. Right? Yep. Yeah. All right, so about this time, the bus pulls up to the launch control center. Y'all know where conference room C is. Um, I yell out shotgun as soon as we get there. Of course you do. We're here. <laughs> yeah, but but, uh, but see, you know, there's the shuttle. Mm-hmm. I'm calling shotgun on it. You all heard me. <laughs> I'm quickly revising yeah, I my opinion goddamn well that McMillan is second here. <laughs> no. <laughs> But, but I call it shotgun. Yeah. Shotgun rules are, are very explicit. I'm going to push past Hamlet. Dirk, Dirk says, uh, the building. Hamlet, if Dan- Danny boy, if you wanted to, you know, if you wanted to fly the space shuttle, maybe you should have gotten into the test pilot program. Why don't you leave the flying to the big boys? Right, right. But so, uh, yeah, well, you know what? Like test pilot program ain't all what it's cracked up to be. That's what I think. I'm looking at you, looking at you. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why How did you're just. How any of you fuckers pass the psych test? That's why you're just a mission specialist. Well, see, I, I I knew the examiner, you know, you know what I mean. I do now. Inside conference room C, you see Scalzo, Scalzo, speaking with this man. Colonel Aaron Woolrich, look at this bastard. He is responsible for deaths, look at his face. He is a familiar Air Force officer. He's overseen parts of your training appearing from time to time, but he never directly interacted with. Also in this room are two unfamiliar men in jumpsuits. There is a a scarecrow, scarecrow thin, with thinning white hair, deeply seen, uh, a deeply seen face man. He uh, looks deeply. Is a scarecrow resigned. like Batman Begins? Scarecrow? No. No, like thin like a Pierce O'Neill. Yeah. So thin like Slender Man. Yeah, his uh <laughs> uh his jumpsuit says O'Neill on it. Uh there is also another man sitting next to him. His jumpsuit is uh stretched over his bulging thighs and swollen belly. He, Jesus. He looks like he is going to vomit and uh what? Out of his stomach or out no. of his mouth? No, he, he just like, looks very nauseous. He looks mm-hmm. very nauseous. Mm-hmm. Is he uh, wearing a kilt like in the picture? No, he's also <laughs> wearing a jumpsuit. <laughs> he also turns to you guys. Uh, uh, hey, everyone, this is Colonel Warich. Uh, Warich salutes uh, all of you and Salute offers back. a firm hand shake to each of you. Uh, mm-hmm. ah. When I'm saluting, I spill my coffee on my face. Ah. Wipe it off. Uh, is it actually coffee or is it something else? No, I said it was coffee, Jeremy. Yeah, but Clearly. it was in a flask. You put coffee in flask. Yeah. <laughs> How else am I going to get it, like, you know, in my jumpsuit? You could get a camelback filled with coffee. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a very tabernacle thing to do. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I would like to point so, out for the uh, record, I have never put coffee in a camel bag. I know that that is asking for mold. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Woolrich uh, salutes you and comes up to you guys and starts uh, giving you firm handshakes. Ah, Lieutenant Colonel Michael Spay, Major McMillan, Miss Turner, Miss Commander Luke, Miss 
Miss? Dr. Turner. I'm sorry, Dr. Thank you. Turner. Uh, Lieutenant Commander Belton, Captain Hamlet, thank you all. It's a pleasure, honor to work with you. These are my associates. This is Mr. Bruce Weintraub and Mr. Pierce O'Neill. They are read on to black sat, so matters may be discussed freely in front of them. Uh, and Miss. since uh, it's been so long since you were all read into the black sat clearance, I just want to go over with it again. Uh, so you all understand that it is illegal for you to say or write the word black sat to anyone who is not known to have the clearance, confirm or deny the existence of satellite of that name, confirm or deny the, the existence of a security clearance of that name, or discuss matters pertaining to counter satellite technologies with anyone lacking black sat clearance, even on a hypothetical, conversational, satirical, political, moral, or ethical level. You all understand that, correct? Yeah, boss. We wouldn't be here if we didn't. Absolutely, sir. All right. And you also agree to the mission at hand, whatever its details, correct? Sure. We I'm sorry, I don't believe, sir, we've, uh, you might have to give us a bit of a refresher for this. I, I don't think, uh, Hamlet was really paying attention. I think you might have misunderstood some of the goals for Black Side here. Mm, well, no, no, I got it, bro. I got it. Well, it's a repair operation. What are you typing? You're wrong. <laughs> Tobias has good, uh, roll 20 foo. You learn, you, you, learn, you learn by doing. So because this is a podcast, no one can read this. <laughs> so You know what? I didn't even know the podcast till now, so that's fine. You didn't know it until now. People, I like how people are just defacing these pictures. <laughs> what? Why do you think I've been snickering this whole time? <laughs> I, I, so my, my screen was full of uh, people. Important information, I'm sure. <laughs> Important, really? Really? <laughs> so, um, yes, yes. So, for those at home, okay. uh, 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 my, my Hamlet has apparently have a red goatee and uh, black sunglasses on, which <laughs> didn't have earlier. Um, and uh, we've got um, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Michael Spey, uh, and uh, I drew an L on his forehead, you know, <laughs> because I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> with but, the kids? Yeah, hip with yep. them kids. I like I like me some uh, all star, you know. Yeah. Um, all and, right. Uh, apparently, and I'm Lieutenant not any of this. Colonel Michael Spay has been looking suspiciously at Hamlet this entire time, and I've just been saying, "I'm cool, cool, bro." All right. Oh, I see it now. So, so being right into the clearance, you agree to the mission, correct? I, if it'll get me into space, I'll do whatever you want, bro. So just to make sure I understand, where this is the basic idea for Black Side is it's a repair mission. That's right. It's a repair. That's mission. what they're telling us, man. That's what you've been trying. And they would to. never lie to us about something like that. Well, what are we repairing? A, a satellite called Black. Black sat, bro. Okay. That doesn't exist legally. All right. Allegedly. So, uh, <laughs> or rather, it neither exists nor doesn't exist. Showing your satellite. <laughs> All right. So, a uh, classified United States defense satellite in orbit, codenamed Black Sat, needs re repair and recalibration. You are to escort Weintraub or O'Neill as an alternate on a covert shuttle flight to the satellite so that they can affect that repair and recalibration. Black Sat's orbital height is 523 kilometers and it's moving at 7 kilometers. 
kilometers per second. Commander McMillan's mission is to guide the craft into a close and synchronized orbit where Belton and Hamlet can escort Weintraub or O'Neill to the satellite. You cannot bring the satellite into the bay or use the shuttle remote arm on it. The techniques and technologies that Weintraub and O'Neill will use are classified separately from Black Sat, and you are not cleared for those. The shuttle is going to be loaded with three manned maneuvering units, or MMU rigs, to allow for one of the two civilians to maneuver under escort by the two mission specialists. Repairs will begin in five days. Liftoff is in 48 hours. Are there any questions? So I just made a charisma roll to try and convince them to let me be co-pilot. <laughs> I did fail that charisma roll. So let me let's just play it out. So uh, so oh, I do have one question. I did call shotgun when we came up here. So I was wondering if maybe uh, I could take over as, uh, as uh, you know second here. I do have one concern, just briefly. Um, Ooh, actually, actually, I want to try to uh, before the currently like Colonel Aaron or um, Salzer respond. I want to see if I can't uh, put him in his place. Would that be uh, charisma roll as well? Or for those not, at home, I did not, fail my charisma. Not with roll him. He seven, didn't yeah. fail it. He fumbled it. Uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. I did real good. No. Yeah, go ahead. So, put him in this place, Tobias. So, bureaucracy is probably a good, decent role here. I might give it to you. <laughs> you know what? Let's, let's, let's see here. So, he's going to say no, this. You... I did call shotgun. What? Um. So, you, the last thing you said was, like, all right, I did call shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm just going to, you know, Hamlet. This mission has been decided for months now. McMillan will be... Co-pilot, please stop embarrassing us in front of these you know, superior officers. You are not a 14-year-old on a field trip. Exactly. Stop it. I do have one concern, if I may. Yes. Have these people actually received a psychological evaluation at all? Well, uh... <laughs> Weintraub and O'Neill are willing, and they're the only ones who can fix Black Set, but they're not I'm talking astronauts. about the astronauts. I'm talking about oh. Hamlet specifically. Yes, everyone here has been okay, cleared I'm, for the mission. I'm just messing around, guys. I'm just, you know, this is nervous. I'm nervous, alright? It's fine. We're gonna be fine. Clearly, I wasn't gonna be shocked. If you're nervous now when we're still on, <laughs> you know, Earth, do you really need to be up there? We don't need a liability, Hamlet. Please don't be doing this now, 48 hours before our mission. <laughs> You guys are so serious. You're so serious. Yes, we're going into space. There is no such thing as a calm or convenient crisis in space. Uh, who's having a crisis? I, you're about to be if you keep it the fuck up. Fine. Skalzo is just kind of laughing <laughs> nervously and looking at. Oh, actually, no. He he, he would have left before uh, Warwick right. started yeah. going into Black Sat because yeah. so, yeah. he's not. I'm gonna I'm gonna Set. sigh. So yeah, I'm gonna sigh. So and look I'm, at I'm gonna and... turn to Bruce. So so actually, on, on like important news. So Bruce, you're coming. To, you're coming with us. Uh, uh, yes. Are Were you, you excited? He looks. Bro? He looks very very nervous. You as excited as me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Are you space. feeling all right, Weintraub? It is uh, Weintraub, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. You don't look good. You're good. You look very nervous. I mean, we're talking about going into space. It's a little, it's a little nervous. 
Well, Bruce, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Uh, you know, what what, uh, what skills do you bring to this mission? And also, I'm going to need your body weight, because I'm definitely giving you a sedative before liftoff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, it's okay, sorry, yeah, I, uh, uh, I, I understand some of the mathematics to the that, that are needed for recalibrating the, the black set, but, I mean... I'm sorry, but, you know some of the, the calibration? Yeah, but, I mean, O'Neill, only O'Neill really fully comprehends the Cordis differentials, and Warch stops him and says, Weintraub, that is Atticite clearance only. I'm sorry, what clearance? He said Atticite. Atticite. I'll, I'll put it in the chat. Okay. Who, who's, who said that? Warrich? Warrich stopped Weintraub when he mentioned El- the phrase oh. Cordis differentials. Alright. So, I guess cool. um, I guess my, my, my question here, you know, uh, sir, Elidris Warrich, you know, every every person we bring up there is going to be a liability, and we want to make sure that the skills are best utilized. Well, so if we're going to be taking Weintraub and O'Neill here, untrained, you know, uh, you know untrained in, in the ways that we, you know, the ways that we have them, I want to make sure that we're not going to bring our mission down. Well, really cor- necessary. Correct. It's it's your job to take care of them to get them to the satellite. Weintraub and O'Neill here are fifty percent of everyone on Earth who can uh, do the things that need to be done to take care of the satellite. Uh, they they are not astronauts, but they will need your help. Uh, Weintraub uh, says, well, uh, I, I suffer from fibromyalgia, but I, I control it with quercetin. Can I kind of look shocked? You control it with what? Deidre, you know that fibromyalgia means terrible joint pain and sensitivity and is often associated with depression or ADHD. Uh, the acceleration of a shuttle launch is going to be agonizing for Weintraub. As for quercetin... How does he control it? quercetin. Uh, it is a natural flavonoid, probably without side effects, with no known therapeutic benefit. Okay, I'm googling. And this is what he's Please. taking? Yeah, that's what he's taking for it. Yeah. So I, I'm going to turn to Colonel Aaron be like, so, so Colonel, I mean, I understand these guys need to be up there to fix this thing, right? But like, we trained for something quite different. So can can we have some time to, to work no. with these guys before the mission to make sure that well, we're all, you know, well, that's, on the same... That's you know, what the 48 hours is for. We, we've been training for 18 months. I mean, can't yes. give us another couple of days? No. Okay. Okay. Um... One of these civilian experts needs to get close enough to BlackSat to affect repairs using classified technology. That's going to require a space wall. The repairs cannot be handed over to one of you because it's highly restricted. I need Hamlet and Belton to spend some time with our friends here, Weintraub and O'Neill. Show them, give them a crash course on operating in the MMU uh, because uh, that they are going to need training for that space wall. But both of you will be accompanying whichever one of them goes with you to affect the repairs. Yeah, so you, you kind of have to talk them over. So wait, you keep saying, Colonel, one of. Are we not bringing both of... They are both going them? with you. They have not received the intensive training, and so there very well could be an accident in launch. We are hedging our bets that at least one of them will survive the process to get to the satellite. Uh, Okay, so so this is a desperate situation, it sounds like. With, uh, when when I'm, Warwick I'm, I'm says that, like, Weintraub starts, uh, like, sweating visibly and patting it with a handkerchief that he pulls from somewhere, and O'Neill just kind of sulks even more. Uh, I, Warwick I, I go looks over... at Turner, uh, Deidre, Dr. Turner, and says, um, uh, 
Dr. Turner, it's going to be your job to keep them in as stable of a condition as you can throughout the mission. I'm going to have to make some medical requests. Uh, Whatever you need, you'll be able to get. Okay. I go over and I pat Bruce, and I say, she's the best. She's going to keep you safe. And I'm going to keep you safe, you know, when when we're out there in space, floating around in nothingness. You'll be fine. I'm going to turn to Pierce and tell him, you know, so so what's your story? Uh, I I know how to fix this. Well, we're we're, we're over here about one of you surviving. We're even like 50-50 odds for either one of you. We have Bruce over here that's got bad joints and is depressed. What's wrong with you? Why does something have to be wrong? Wrong me. So nothing is? I mean, as far as I know. Uh, Great. I'm very glad to hear that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to make da- sure to get his medical records later to verify that. Well, Deidre Turner will be giving them a full physical examination uh, tomorrow. Okay. All right. Does anyone have any more questions for these guys while you're here? And you will have more opportunities to talk with Weintraub and O'Neill during training and uh, things mm-hmm. like that. I think that's pretty much it. I want to talk about, you know, officially yeah. the debriefing here. Right. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna pat Bruce again, look him in the eyes, and say, you know, Bruce, I do have a question for you. Yes? So what do you think of Lady Gaga? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he he bursts into a smile and uh, says, uh, "Well, I I like her songs on the Just Dance game." Yeah. Oh my god. Well, I yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. I, I play that sometime. You look it. Yeah. Um. Wow. Uh, you can all make in times five rolls. I uh, I failed mine. Gee, a ninety-two <laughs> against a seventy. Yeah. Which one are we rolling? Failure. Uh, intelligence. Should my intelligence really be seventy though? I feel like I should lower it and then re-roll. <laughs> You're all highly intelligent people. Deidre, you realize that no one's actually said what the black sat does. And that's something you've been curious about ever since you were read in. Huh. So, Weintraub. Yes? Um, do you happen to know, or can you tell us anything that isn't classified, what exactly the black sat does? Well, uh, BlackSat is a deniable anti-satellite weapon platform. If the Russians or the Chinese put anything unacceptable in the orbit, BlackSat can degrade its functionality, interfere with its communications, and gradually decay its orbit until it goes offline. Uh, It's not dangerous to human beings, or anything that's flying under its own power with the humanist stick. Hmm. How does it differentiate? That's classified. Okay. Is it alive? So what, uh, what? She asked if it was alive. No, it. I said it's classified. You know. So what? Uh. <laughs> what, what? What department is it under? Is this Air Force? Is this uh, NASA? It's Department of Defense. DOD. DOD. Department of Transportation, obviously. <laughs> department of Mind Your Own Fucking Business. Okay. Mm-hmm. So at this point, our, our objective for the next 48 hours is to get these guys seaworthy. Yeah, you okay. you you need to give gonna them have a, montage? a crash course in space. A space course. <laughs> Sending them to space camp. Two-day space well, camp. Well, you see, so way above us, yeah. everything is really black, and there's stars everywhere. There are planets, and there are suns. There's also All, all the lights in the skies are stars. No, some of them are satellites. I feel like if we want to, we're going to give them that level of information. Let's just give them, give them a cosmos to watch. I, I feel like <laughs> we need to get these guys in the pool, in their suits, and uh, and, and get them moving around. Yeah. Um. All right. So we'll. So wrap. we're going to have a montage, guys. 
Yeah, we'll we'll wrap that uh, little meeting up there. Does anyone want to have a uh, home scene of any sort? You just found out that you're going to be launching to space in two days, uh, so you might want to let some of your loved ones know or indulge in one of your motivation. Sorry, Jeremy. Clarification. So, so we knew we were going to space, but you didn't know like, when. In two days. You, no, we didn't you, know when. When uh, y'all were brought into Operation Black Set and read in the Black Set clearance, you knew that this was the mission that you were training for, but you were never told when it was going to happen. Okay. And so you've been training for it for a year and a half, and now you have found out that it is in two days. Yep. They, it, it, it is kind of unusual how quickly it is uh, being uh, expedited. Belton, Hamlet, and Turner are gonna pretty much have their hands full for the next two days, training and examining O'Neill and Weintraub. Macmillan and Spey have a little bit more time and can try to find out more about the mission if they want to, if you have an idea on how to... I mean, at this point, the only thing that's really unusual is just how quickly they're pushing us through, and also the fact that we've got two cities that... Uh, <laughs> They're actually worried may not survive the mission <laughs> or having to come along. That's very weird. And, yeah, and they're expendable, but also very important, which yeah. is kind of funny. Expendable is very important. They're only important until they do their job, then they're expendable. So, you know, well, like everything else in America. And also, Pierce is a little bit older than our average astronaut. Yeah. Okay. everyone, Jeremy here. Thanks for joining us here at KSL. Hope you're enjoying this new playthrough that we're doing of Delta Green's uh, Scenario Book Control Group. Want to say thank you to Tobias for joining us. It's been a lot of fun playing games with him. So We got several more episodes coming down the pipeline, so look forward to those coming out pretty regularly. If you like what we do here, make sure you check out our other stuff, uh, John's website, jonathancush.com, where he has research and film essays, Tabitha's store on Etsy, Quiet Nova Studios, and my novel up on Amazon. If you like listening to Tobias's voice, he's also on another podcast pretty regularly, Third Impact Anime, where they do... Uh, reviews and breakdowns of different anime shows. So if that's the sort of thing you're into, definitely check it out. Want to give a special shout out to Art Dream for making this great game. And Ketza for making our intro and outro song Mission Ready. Uh, the special intro that we had uh, had audio from the first spacewalk. Uh, so... Uh, I thought that was really cool and wanted to share it since it was thematically appropriate. Um, if you have any questions or comments, make sure you can reach out to us, membersofksl at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at membersofksl. Well, I'll let y'all get back to the investigation, and we'll be seeing you. So, uh, who wants to do something? Who wants to what? Who wants to do something?
I mean, I figure I would probably find some time to call my parents. Assuming I have a good relationship with these fictional parents. I've got a 10. Yeah, so yeah, they're pretty important to you. So, you know, I would probably uh, want them to know I'm going into space. Oh, your your mission is going off now? That's awesome, honey. Well, can can we go see the liftoff? When is it? It's it's not right now. It's in 48 hours, or two days, so. Two, two days? So soon? Yeah. I don't know if we'll be able to make it down there or not, but we'll try. I know. Well, I know, uh, it's super whatever, short notice. Whatever you do, make sure to take your sh- selfie stick up there. That way you can get good pictures, okay? <laughs> I don't think they'll let me take a selfie stick into space, Mom. Well, you never know until you try. Forgiveness rather than permission, am I right? Um, they have to calculate pretty closely how much weight they're jettisoning off the planet, so we'll see. Well, they're pretty light. Okay. Selfie sticks are pretty light. I'll try, Mom. Okay. Does anyone else want to talk to their family, or do you just live for space? I mean, they do live uh, for space. What was that, John? Uh, uh, maybe I want to call, uh... Maybe I want to call, uh, what's her name? Um, I don't think you gave her a name. Michael's wife. (laughs) Okay. Her name is Janet, actually. (laughs) Asshole. Jesus. Yeah? Who is this? Hey, uh, hey, this is, uh, Dan. Dan Hamlet. Who? So, I, I know that we haven't spoken, you know, uh, since... For a while, but um, I just want to say I'm sorry, you know, uh, for for what I did, uh, and that uh, you know, I know you you and uh, you and Dirt, uh, uh, Michael, you know, weren't weren't super super happy, but I didn't remember help, my name. You know? And uh, I'm going to space tomorrow. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to space tomorrow. You know, <laughs> and uh, I just want to say, why, you know, why are you uh, calling I'm gonna take me? Care, I'm going to take care of Mike, and and I'm I'm sorry. I just had unfinished business, you know. Hello? How did you get my number? I mean, <laughs> gave me your number while back. Don't call me again. I, I don't know what to tell you. Click. Great, thanks. Well, I feel better. I hang up. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Michael Spay gets a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> who's who's on the caller ID? Uh, how, uh, what would, uh, you put your ex-wife's name in, in your, uh, phone? Would it say Janet? It would Janet? just be Janet. It would just be Janet? Okay. Yep. Yeah, it says Janet. It would... I don't pick up. What would you put it All as, right. Jeremy? Uh, okay, two minutes later, your phone buzzes and you have a voicemail. <laughs> I delete it. All right, there we go. <laughs> Jeremy had this script all written out, and, and you just made him throw it away. All right. Uh, so Not my problem. What uh, what else are y'all gonna do? Uh, so we've got. Here, I'll be back. Uh, we need to do a scene with John in the uh, uh, with training. So does this need to be a home scene in particular? No, or, no. Or I, I just wanted to get a little bit of flavor for you people as your outside lives, lives outside of. Well, I'm actually space. gonna I'm gonna invite Weintraub uh, out to local dive bar. You're gonna invite him where? Uh, to dive bar, wherever wherever the astronauts and people on base are to hang out after hours. Okay. Um, I'm sure that there's a uh, officer's club that you could take him to. Yeah, just a place to grab a beer and talk. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, he'll uh, he'll join you. Uh, hey. Okay. We settle down. You know, I'll buy him a beer. Whatever no. his choice. Oh, thanks. And uh, so just kind of like chat him up, trying to get an idea of who he is. Um, you know, so Bruce, it's, uh, I got to say, it's a little unusual that we're bringing on somebody at the last minute. You know, as the person heading this mission, I, you know, I want to get to know you a little better. I want to sort of figure out you know who i'm bringing up there i need to make sure that you know 
you're the man. You're the man for the mission. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I've uh, I've uh, I, I've always been really good with maths and abstractions. Um, you know, my parents they uh, I was I was their only child, and they pretty much uh, gave me free reign to do what I wanted. I went to camps and math clubs to uh, help me hone my intellect. Um, so yeah, I I definitely say I'm uh, I'm pretty pretty good with the maths. Well, I mean that's that's good to hear. It's going to be a lot more than maths going to be necessary over the next over the next week you uh you know you ever had dreams of going into space this oh, seems I'm, like you're just kind of thrown into this no, i mean i'm i'm really excited i like I've, I've always thought it'd be really cool to go up into space but i mean uh i never thought it would happen and uh well now here we are this is uh not exactly how i envisioned it yeah it's uh it's all kind of the spur of the moment it feels like <laughs> he just kind of laughs you know. So, uh, you come, you're coming, you're coming, you're bringing, uh, bringing the power of math with you. So, you know, we've been kind of told a little bit about Black Sat, a little bit about what we're doing up there, but, you know, what, what, when we talk about calibrating, what, what's that more of a matter of just getting it to link up to the, the satellites down here? Or, or what exactly? I mean, so, um, okay, so when, when I was 30 years old, I was an NSA analyst in this project called Attakai, okay? It's a, a Wyoming facility, they called it Mustang Field. Um, so there was, uh, there was this man named Dr. Stephen Curtis, okay? Um, I really shouldn't be safe, but I mean, you have black side clearance, right? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so Stephen Curtis, he, he understood math well enough to yield results that contradict the way most of us understand reality. Uh, he died a couple of decades ago, but he left behind a series of papers that we call the white paper, and I worked on them with, with Al Kanasinger for, uh, for years. Um, they're they're basically the foundation of the impossible things that Black Sad do. Uh, like I mean, there's uh, so Black Sad it uses paradimensionality in a speculative section of tensegrity waveforms uh, to uncouple physical forces from measuring thought spaces. Of course, this will all look needless when we finally get the Curtis problems under control. The Curtis problem. Uh, I mean, what uh, what problem is that exactly? So I mean, the real problem boils down to the ablative Curtis cascade. Uh, we just can't quite figure that out, but once we get it, it we'll, we'll understand. I'm sorry, you said you'll understand it? Yeah, once once we get it, we'll understand it. We just gotta get that ablative Curtis cascade figured out. I don't think, uh, I don't think I'm following here, uh, uh, Bruce. You know, we're talking about calibrating this calibrating this unit, the satellite. They're gonna be a problem? <laughs> no, no. I mean, you've, like, now, you've got Al Canisinger on there. It, like, he understands the Curtis problems more than anyone else. Uh, like it with with him with him up there uh, with us we we shouldn't have any problems if it shouldn't take more than thirty minutes an hour tops and if if Al can't figure it out by that time then you know it's it's probably not gonna be able to be figured out. And just, uh, just like asking, who, who is Al? You know, Al. Oh, ah, uh, I'm sorry, O'Neill. Oh, O'Neill. Okay, yeah, Pierce. Okay, that you was just not call each other Al. That that was not me, Jeremy, messing up a character's name. That was okay, Bruce. Bruce. Bruce started calling Pierce O'Neill Al Canisinger. Okay. Mm. Uh, well, he called him Al. What was the last name? Canisinger. I'll type it in. Canisinger. Okay. <clears throat> So, uh, how are you going to come on that beer, Bruce? You want, me, you want another? Let me get you another. I'm going to get him another beer. <laughs> oh, yes, please. I'm loosening this guy up. What kind of beer are you getting? Uh, what was he drinking beforehand? What did he want? Um, he wanted a Bud Light. 
Really? <laughs> well, it is 2010. Not not oh. as many craft beers. Yeah, that's probably fair. We're in the. Where are we in Florida or Texas? Yeah, you're in Florida. Florida. Okay. Uh, it's probably not much to choose from. So yeah, I'll get another Bud Light, and uh, I, I, I'll, I'll get another two. But I'm gonna drink it a little slower. It seems to be hitting him pretty hard. <laughs> so, uh, so this guy. Wow, I mean Pierce. What do you know about him? Are you have you met him? Have you, are you guys colleagues? Oh, I mean, yeah, we've been working together since Mustang Fields. Mustang Fields. Is he another mask guy? I mean, he understands the Curtis equations better than any of us. You know, it does seem odd that we've got both UM uh, and Pierce on this mission. It's a, it's a heavy risk to bring two people and train on this. The you know, I, I, I believe in your ability, Bruce. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure you're a math wizard. But uh, why aren't we just bringing you, or why aren't we just bringing Pierce on this mission? Why both? Uh, probably because, like you said, the intrinsic risk of the. Mi- <laughs> Um, sorry, I'm just, and he starts having a little bit of a panic attack there in front of you. Yeah, I mean, you're fine, Bruce. I'm gonna, I'll pat him on the back and push his beer over to him. You know, let's take another swig where we've got, you know, more than enough time to prepare. You know, it's unusual to be sure, but, eh, I mean, it's just like, I mean, you ever been on an airplane, Bruce? Uh, he starts drinking his beer and just becomes kind of sullen and thoughtful for a while. Eh, it's no big deal. I mean, sure, it's a big deal. You know, there's a lot of training you gotta go through to get up there. We're very particular about who we bring up there, but really, it's a you know it's just a step up, step removed from flying a plane. Once you get up there, though, it's it's a dream. You know, being in space, there's nothing nothing like it. Now. As soon as you get up there, you're gonna forget all of all of this anxiety. You know, once you cross that hurdle. Man, you're gonna be addicted. He just it is an experience. He gives a kind of wistful smile, but doesn't say anything. And smash cut to the next person. <laughs> All right, who's up <coughs> next, John? You got time for a scene while you're? Uh, I got maybe five minutes. Just, just real quick. Okay. Alcohol yeah, intolerance do, uh, is a feature of fibromyalgia. He probably shouldn't <laughs> be drinking. Yeah. Tolerance or intolerance? Alcohol intolerance is a feature of fibromyalgia. So he's he gonna starts have a flare. Like a little green around good. the gills. <laughs> he has gills. <laughs> you didn't tell us that. Christ. No, like my, my main question is his ass in the sink. <laughs> Maybe. It will be. Uh, <laughs> it, it will be. All right, so let's go to Deidre then. Dr. Turner, you get their medical files for both Weintraub and O'Neill, and they are a sea of redacted information filled with black marks, omissions, and deletions. Nevertheless, both men showed moderate nausea resistance during simulated zero-gravity test flights on the Vomit Comet, a jetliner officially nicknamed the Weightless Wonder uh, by flying and challenging up and down parabolas like a roller coaster track the plane provides 25 seconds of free fall at the top of the arc paid for by 40 seconds of almost double gravity then it starts again a typical flight repeats 50 times o'neill and weitraub are marginally less likely than most to become space sick but the news gets worse so you are examining o'neill first uh he seems to be in decent physical shape for a casual smoker in his 60s but he is the worst physical specimen you have ever examined for NASA. Uh, 
his blood pressure is 155 over 100, uh, which is alarming. His lung capacity is dismal, and there's a real chance, call it 50-50, of the blood vessels in his eyes rupturing under the force of takeoff. Uh, The odds of him Um. suffering a fatal heart attack are likely 1 in 10, less than the 1 in 5 odds she estimates of him having a massive embolism. All right, so that's what you get for free with your medicine skill. Why don't you make a roll to learn more? Boom, I got a 29. So you notice old scarring down O'Neill's left side, all the way to his foot. Uh, It looks like a high-voltage surface electrocution scar, as if his skin were wet during a shock. Um, You also notice that the electrical activity in his brain is more intense than usual, and also far more regular, almost rhythmic. Okay. Yeah, almost rhythmic. Not a rhythmic. <laughs> hmm. Alright, you have anything you want to talk to him about while you got him here? Um, would you like to discuss this scar with me? Um, yeah, when I was young, I was involved in an accident while working at a union carbide plant. Uh, could you tell me the details of this accident? Just got an electric shock, was laid up for a couple of days, and back to work. Do you have any trouble sleeping? Hmm? No, he does not have any trouble sleeping. Okay. Any unusual growths you'd like to discuss? Not that I can think of. Peculiar urges. For example, especially at night or in the evening? No, why do you ask? Just going down the list. Nothing to worry about. Just, you know, crossing off the boxes. All right. Um, okay, thank you. All right. So this guy's probably getting... You don't want to ask him about his uh, brain activity? He's not going to be aware of his own brain activity, Jeremy. That's not how that works. <laughs> like, hey, you have some unusual brain activity. Would you like to discuss that with your doctor? Yeah. What a, what a thing to, to ask about it. Like, that's what I was asking about, like, the sleeping oh, and yes. the strange urges. Like, I googled it, and I'm not seeing anything, like, really scary from unusually rhythmic brain activity. I mean... Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, that explains it, Dave. You're my homicidal <laughs> thoughts. Well, no, it Constant. can be indicative of Constant a hormone imbalance thoughts. that can make you unusually aggressive, especially at certain times of the day or when you're supposed to be sleeping. But he said no. Well, I especially... Want I want to kill people when I wake up. <laughs> That's <at> normal. <laughs> but it usually goes away by the second coffee. Everyone's homicidal in the morning. You don't have to worry about that. All right. Okay. Anything else you want to do with O'Neill before you bring in Weintraub? For I mean, specific? I want to specifically recommend that we not bring a dying old man with us into space, but I don't think they're going to listen to me on okay. that. Bring on the wine trough. Um, He also should not go into space. All right. So O'Neill's status as the worst specimen you have ever examined is short-lived because despite (sighs) being 15 years younger, Bruce Weintraub edges O'Neill out. Weintraub's hypertension is marginally less debilitating. His blood pressure is 145 over 95, but he's carrying an extra 40 pounds. He has the throat scarring typical of chronic gastroesophageal reflux. His asthma is alive. Arming, and his lower spine is in terrible shape. He doesn't have the full house of symptoms from a sedentary lifestyle and poor eating habits, but he has more than enough to disqualify him from a shuttle lunch. It would be remiss of you to do anything other than give him a medical decline. I'm giving them both a medical decline. And you can also make a medicine check on him. Neither of these people should be getting anywhere near a space shuttle. <laughs> Boom! Let alone on one. Oh, very good. That's uh, a four so while out of eight. 
listening, Kim, for the folks at home. you notice, again, that same weird brainwave pattern found in O'Neill. I ask him, I mean, he's got fibromyalgia, so he's got probably depression. Having any trouble sleeping? No, I mean, I mean, kind of, like, I have sleep apnea. Of course you do. Um... <laughs> God, how are we going to get a CPAP machine functioning anyways? Um. <laughs> um. All right. Have you noticed at your depression getting worse? I mean, with the, uh... You're in a safe place here, Weintraub. Uh, it's okay. I mean, not, not really. Not really is a I yes. Mean, it's always, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's under control. I mean, it's weird that they both have this rhythmic brain stuff going on, and I assume that's probably because they're possessed of the spirit of some other dimension or whatever, because it's Delta Green, but... Are you Tabitha, or are you Dr. Turner? Well, Dr. Dr. Turner also... remembers or have ever heard of Delta Green, by the way. Dr. Turner plays Delta You're Green. Just regular astronaut. Regular astronauts. She okay. plays Delta Green. <laughs> Delta Green doesn't exist in the universe of Delta Green. <laughs> Anyways, like, both of them get a medical decline. Of course they do. They are not fit to go into space. They're barely fit to run a mile. Like... <laughs> They shouldn't have been selected yep. for this mission, and Deidre has very professional and profound concerns that they were chosen for this mission specifically because they are unfit. I don't think they are supposed to survive. And that's not okay. the kind of thing I want to sign up okay. for. Okay, you're bringing that up with uh, Scalzo? He's the guy that you have uh, contact information for. Uh, I probably wouldn't put it in terms of, hey, you're definitely sending these people up there to die. Uh, but yes, I would raise my concerns. Okay. They're going to require right. a level of medical intervention that we are going to have a very hard time providing, given the restraints of space. Oh my god. So you're saying that those men are likely going to die if you send them up there? It is far more likely that they will have some kind of medical event than if you had chosen people who had passed a physical. Okay, uh, let me bring, uh, I'm gonna go straight to Warwich and we'll see what we can figure out. I'll okay. be in touch. He seems genuinely concerned about okay. whether or not the mission's going to succeed. Can I do a he human's not check seem that, that, to see if he's pardon? lying? Like maybe he's just yeah, acting. Go ahead. Okay. He seems genuinely concerned about uh, whether or not the mission fails. And when he says that he's gonna go straight to uh, Woolrich, you are certain that that is what is in fact going to happen. It does not I feel mean, like he is blowing you off. I mean, I'm sure that the number of people who understand whatever it is that they're supposed to be doing is a very small number. I get that. But these people, for one thing, with Weintraub, sending him into a launch is torture. This is cruelty. This is an act of deliberately causing a person pain. He has fibromyalgia. Like, this is going to be agonizing for him. You can't do this. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a bad time. And personally, I would worry about the psychological right. effects. I mean, he's already exhibiting extreme levels of anxiety about the mission. If he has to deal with excruciating pain on top of that, how is he going to be able to focus on his work? Definitely going to be a bad time. So Lieutenant Commander Spey has a little bit more <laughs> free time leading up to the mission and isn't going to really be directly involved in the training or the examination. But you could use some of your time to, uh, like, 
poke around, look to see if you can figure anything out. If you have any uh, any questions that you have, try to get some more information. Hmm. Well, I was hoping to loosen the line trap up enough to get more info. I don't think um, that Al, I mean Pierce, is going to be likewise susceptible to intimidation. He seems a little more with it. I definitely feel like something's going on, but I'm also very motivated to make this mission go off without a hitch, which is why I'm not really pushing for their removal outright. Okay. Uh, not necessarily the most responsible thing, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm just, my, my thought my thought process is yeah. here. So really what I would want to do is you know, I want to make sure that, I guess I want to review sort of the the agenda, as it were. Like, what's, what's our timetable when everything going on? So let's do a scene with my second in command, McMillan, right? The pilot. Okay. Uh, uh, him and the middle of the mission specialist, Belton. So uh, uh, not <laughs> Hamlet. I'm going to let Hamlet find us if he feels like it. But I'm going to review with McMillan and Belton. Well, we'll say Hamlet's over, um, you know, training, training these guys. Well, I mean, Belton and Hamlet are both going to be training. Uh, O'Neill and okay, we'll, we'll go with uh, we'll go with McDonald. Yeah. Hey, what's up? So uh, yeah, we're, we're probably like in a I guess some maybe we can find like a conference room or something yeah. on base and just kind of review. So I don't know if there's gonna be like a PowerPoint pulled up or you know uh, we have super secret files that have classified stamped on them or, or what have you. But I kind of want to review the timetable to see you know what we're okay. doing. Okay, uh, so in 48 hours we will be taking off. We'll, we'll be launching. Uh, it's gonna take us about eight minutes to uh, hit microgravity, and orbit is achieved. Uh, after that, it's gonna take us about 48 hours to rendezvous with Laxat. Um, according to what Warrich and O'Neill and Weintraub are saying, uh, it's gonna take anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour for them to enact the repairs. I'd say probably all told it's gonna be about a three-hour spacewalk and okay. then we should be able to return without any without any issues uh pretty soon after that uh, according to the flight plan we'll have a good trajectory to re-enter atmosphere and uh enough fuel to get to the uh landing pad or the tarmac i guess so i noticed uh i noticed here on the docket that we've got this is on eva activity. yes that's and uh so where's that kind of come well the eva is the extra uh, vehicular activity. That's when Belton yeah. and Hamlet and either Weintraub okay. and O'Neill are gonna be making their spacewalk using the MMUs. Okay, so I, I, I mean, my character would probably know this, but I'm not too sure. When you say we're like gonna be on a satellite, like, is it gonna be just like a satellite floating around, or, or what? Like, are we docking with uh, this? No, you will not be docking with it. Like, normally, what would happen is if you needed to enact a repair on a satellite, the space shuttle would match orbits with it, get in a synchronous orbit with it, and then use the, I want to say the grappler arm, but it has a different name <laughs> for it. Uh, the manipulator arm. It, it would use the manipulator arm Please. to take the satellite and bring it into the cargo bay of the space shuttle. Close the cargo bay doors, okay. and then repairs would be performed inside the space shuttle before the satellite is put back out into orbit. But because of the sensitive nature of the satellite and y'all not having the proper clearances for it they have taken the riskier approach of performing a spacewalk so you 
will again be matching orbits, getting in that synchronous orbit, and then performing a walk in which you have two experienced spacewalkers, two people who have been training for years. I don't think either of them have done a spacewalk before. I think... That, that's not me, is it? It's, no, that's uh, going to be Belton and Hamlet. Uh, okay, so they are... Yes, uh, Belton and Hamlet are going to be the ones spacewalking. They'll take either Weintraub or Pierce to the satellite. Weintraub or Pierce will enact the repairs, and then they'll escort them back to the shuttle, upon which you can make your return. It's a very unorthodox mission because of that. Like, yeah. that... Like that okay. it, it, it's adding a extra layer of risk upon an already risky mission. Right. So I, I'm, I guess I'm confused. If we're doing a spacewalk floating over there to repair it, where does the EVA come into play? That's, the spacewalk is the EVA. Because okay. I think I was, uh, I think I was interpreting that as like, like another vehicle. Well, the, extra vehicle you're using is, the MMUs, uh, okay. the manned maneuvering units. Okay. So those little jetpacks. Yeah. Okay. Any other questions? Uh, nope, it sounds like that's pretty much it. So the, the, the 48 hours from now, we're going to launch. Well, it's going to take 48 it's like, hours, It's you like said, 36 to, hours at this point. Okay, so in 36 hours, we're going to launch. I bet it's, you said it's going to take another 48 just to get the um, orbit? Yes. Did I hear that right? Okay, so we'll be there for two days, and then the mission will go down. And then I imagine it'll take a few hours to get back to planet that's side. Right. Your role as mission commander is more or less to make the executive decisions while the mission is in progress. Everything that happens on this mission reflects upon you. Uh, So whether it succeeds, whether it fails, if someone dies, uh, it is going to reflect upon negative. Did you see the uh, shuttle aborts that I have there? That little handout? uh, Why don't you go ahead and read that out loud? Okay, shuttle abort mode. If something goes wrong during launch, the mission commander decides whether to abort or press on and which abort option to pick. Aborting a shuttle launch is unthinkable unless it is the only way to prevent catastrophe. An abort almost certainly means the commander will never go to space again. A few other abort options are available immediately after liftoff. The first option is ATO, it's abort to orbit. Window of use is T plus 5 minutes to T plus 7 minutes, uh, 20 seconds. It means that the shuttle cannot reach desired orbit, but still has enough fuel to reach your lower orbit and continue the mission. So it's not generally a full abort. It's just we can't quite reach the orbit we wanted to. If I'm understanding that correctly, right? So that is uh, an option if something is going wrong in uh, the launch and a few other options. Are yeah. Okay. So so right. Okay, so like so the full abort. so like uh, during the launch process. Like if you were still on the pad, you can abort the mission if something was to go wrong uh, while you're still on the ground after you launch you're you cannot abort until you hit this t5 t plus five minutes to t plus seven minutes 26 okay. uh and that will it it's it allows you to make any emergency things that you have to do like if something was going on and like it's extreme if one of these guys have a heart it's attack. extremely difficult to move around in a space shuttle that is launching and you're experiencing you know 10 g's yeah. uh uh, so if for some reason something happened and you needed to, that's an option. It would make things more difficult later on. Uh, and then there's also the in-flight yeah. crew escape system where... Yeah, so the uh, ICES, the in-flight crew escape system, uh, the support does not save the spacecraft. It is a pole from which the astronauts parachute down to safety. To use the ICES, the pilot or commander has to put the shuttle on a flay and stable trajectory. <laughs> Jeremy, you want to uh, clean it up no. a bit? 
<laughs> a little, little French. Okay, so the pilot of Commander has to put the shuttle on a flay and Hold stable on, trajectory on autopilot. Uh, no, I think it's good. I think it's good. A flat and yeah, stable? Yeah, flat and stable. Okay, so to use the ICES, the pilot or commander has to put the shuttle on a flat and stable trajectory on autopilot. Descend to 8,000 meters, blow a hatch, and then deploy. Each crew member takes about 12 seconds to get out. Belton is jump master, responsible for guiding the rest out. So if you if something goes wrong while you're out in space and you don't feel like you can safely get the shuttle back to Earth, then this is an option. Uh, it saves the crew and destroys the ship. And Belton uh, will be the last man on the ship, making sure everyone is able to safely parachute out. Let's uh, move on to your scene, John. You and Belton are giving the two civilians a crash course on spacesuits and extravehicular activity, EVA. EVA training occurs in a massive swimming pool. Trainees get a mock-up MMU, a heavy, clumsy, semi-rigid technological marvel that fits over a spacesuit. You get in it, put on the helmet, and move around submerged to approximate the feeling of microgravity. To accomplish any task while wearing an MMU requires a dex times 5 roll because the joints are stiff, the gloves clumsy, and the visibility limited. Uh, the training regimen for Weintraub and O'Neill is bare bones, attempting operations like opening a hatch and going through it. After O'Neill's second try, he barely manages to be able to do it. Weintraub fails several times, and, uh, I can't breathe in here. Hey, just, uh, you know, you gotta take a couple, uh, shallow breaths, keep it calm. Make a, uh, Charisma Times 5 roll. Mm. Charisma, yeah. you said? Oh, right on the nose. 60 out of 60. Can can you help me get out of here? I I, I feel uh I feel like I need to get out of the pool right now. Um well, you know, yeah, we we really do need you to, you know, make uh make a successful run of it here. So um yeah, I, I think you can do it. You can definitely do it. I, I, just, uh, I just need give some another time. shot. Come on, come on, man, please. You, you got to get me out right now. So can can you tell me a little bit about what you're thinking? Why why you're having a <laughs> having some some trouble um so while, while you're talking with him with that successful charisma test uh you know that he is uh having a mild panic attack and mm -hmm. it probably would not be good for him to do that inside of one of these things all right i'm a doctor now is that that what you're telling no, me just you this isn't the first time you've been training and it, uh it's not the first time that you've seen other people go through this sort of thing and it might be good for him he's been going at it for a while now it might be good for him mm -hmm. to take a short break and then try again after he calms down mm -hmm. all right hey bruce bruce here i'm gonna grab grab your hands here and got your shoulder all right we're gonna get we're gonna surface okay you, you with yeah, me come on uh, help me help him uh make a pilot right. spacesuit roll Gonna pilot a spacesuit, gonna make it good, gonna do what I can to get this fool out of here. Ba -doop -ba -doop -ba -doop. Out of here. Ba -doop -ba -doop. Sorry, my uh, roll 20 got close, so I was taking some uh -oh. pilot spacesuit. I just All did. Right. Did I do good? <laughs> nope. Got, uh, I rolled 80. an 84 against a 50, so yeah, that's a failure. Okay, so give yourself a check mark. It takes a little while, uh, and you're able to get him out of the pool, but not before he throws up in his suit. Uh. Oh. <sighs>
All right, I need so so what you're going to need to do is there's a sponge. You see the sponge yeah. there? Yeah, just just try and put that in between you and uh, you know, that stuff. That'll just uh, give you a little bit of breathing space. <laughs> All right. Yeah, he starts trying but to you're, you're fine. I've seen this a million times. You're you're just fine. We're going to get you out of here. All right. Uh Okay. So we get, we we surface. Yeah, I'm hoping. yeah, you surface and uh, you get him uh, out. Take his yeah. uh, helmet off. Clean yeah. his big boy mouth yeah. off. Yeah, he's yeah. pretty grateful. I was like, thanks, man. That's it's kind of embarrassing. Oh, this no, is, yeah. It's this is a lot harder than it looks definitely like. Definitely a few times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I've been training my whole life for this, you know. That's why I've been uh, second best at uh, everything uh, to make it here, to go to space. And, uh, you know. <laughs> What uh what what did you do to to have to get to go to space uh, uh be be smart? <laughs> I, I I laugh and I kind of pat him on the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh you know just got lucky I guess. Yeah, well uh well um we're all here to serve our country, yeah. right? Um, so uh um while you're so uh, I, I I was I was doing I was Facebook stalking you earlier right? and uh yeah no no not in a bad way you know I saw you got killed you uh you Scottish? Uh, no, that was just from uh uh that was just from a party earlier this year. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Kilts are fun. I got a couple myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're no. pretty comfortable. I was surprised. Yeah. No, I just thought that was a defining character trait that we could talk about, but it sounds like <laughs> it's not. So... <laughs> So it's fine. It's fine. Let me let me get some more vomit off. Of your face. Uh, make a persuade test if you're trying to get I'm some. Persuading info the out vomit of off of his no, face. No, if you're trying to, <laughs> if you're trying to. You don't need to be there. Well, as as with every other roll I've made so far, I failed that one okay. too. Well, uh, seventy three against a twenty. Yeah. Uh, he he kind of gets a little sullen and says, "Okay, yeah, this is just how it's gonna be. Let, let me try again. Uh, I'll get through this." And yeah, we're we're gonna get th- through this together. You and me. Yeah. Down here and up there, I point up <laughs> to space, and then I rethink about it and I point a little bit at an angle, like the, actually that way. So uh, Belton is over there, sitting next to O'Neill and kind of watching your dialogue with uh, Weintraub here, and he just kind of clicks his tongue and looks at O'Neill and says, "Y'all are trying to get this man killed. You, Colonel Woolrich, R- R- Black Sat, you're all risking this man's life." And uh, O'Neill just kind of looks at him and, "Oh, here, let me make a chat. See how this goes." Okay, that went about how well I thought it would. O'Neill stands up and, uh, and starts yelling at Belton and says, Just leave Weintraub alone. You have no idea what reality truly is. And then he just leaves. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, I, uh, I see, I see him walking off and I yell over at, um at uh, Belton. Hey, he can't he can't leave the, here with that suit on. Oh, he had already gotten out of the suit since he had uh, finished his train for the day. Yeah. Um, Weintraub is just kind of sighing a little bit and uh, says, hey, uh, Hamlet, help me help me suit back up. I want to try again. Thanks for your help, man. And yeah, sure thing, after bro. a couple more tries, he is able to do it. Yeah. So, Deidre, at the end of this first day of training, after your uh, uh, examination of them, you get a call from Scalzo's secretary. Hi, uh, yes, so we passed your concerns up the line, but the mission is going to be proceeding unaltered. Your complaints have been registered, but the importance of the flight is taking precedence. Please continue overcome and succeed. Uh, C- Colonel Woolrich is going to take full responsibility. <sighs> I don't like that at all. Uh, but you are able to requisition the sedatives that you asked for. I am also going to require a lot of anti-inflammatory medicines. And, 
I mean, I'm just gonna need a full fucking pharmacy to go up with us. Like, these people are gonna die. Yeah, you're gonna have, you are going to have a well-stocked medical kit to stop that particular thing from happening. All right. And the, uh, the anti-nausea medications that I requested? Yep, you got them. I'm, I'm gonna need him to take some preparatory, uh... <laughs> <laughs> medications um just go ahead and and knock some painkillers into him some anti-nausea medications like the launch is going to be rough for both of these men Remind him to clean his room. Oh boy, the schedule. Oliver, make sure you clean your room. 